Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here's a song that uh, you've probably never heard before. Maybe we've sung this one in the past, but it's been a while. Got to do a couple of those today. Reaching for you. You know, the beauty of the Christian story is God reaches out to us, but we also must reach out to Him. And when we do, we're never disappointed because His love has a way of getting hold of us. It does, in fact. church or is that not polite okay thank you very much <laughs> let's go with uh, the next song which is uh, Jesus friend of sinners what a thankful thing we are to have Jesus as a friend of sinners by the way if he's a friend of sinners it makes him a friend of yours and mine too amen <laughs> so let's see how this one goes ah, I do need to change one thing here You guys want to say something? Go ahead. Church mouse. <laughs> I guess they don't want to say anything. It's okay. 
Silence is golden. Next song, Larry. Jesus, friend of sinners, the one who we have strayed so far away. We cut down people in your name, but the sword was never ours to swing. Jesus, friend of sinners, the truth becomes so hard to see. The world is on its way to you. But it's tripping over me. Always looking, looking round, never looking up. We're so double-minded. A plank-eyed saint with dirty hands and heart divided. Oh, Jesus, friend of sinners, open our heart to the world of the Reach with open hearts and open 
strength of sinners, break our hearts with what breaks yours. I was the lost cause, I was the outcast, oh yeah. You died for sinners just like me, grateful leper at your feet. Amen. Russ, if you'll come and read the scriptures. scripture this morning from 1 Samuel 30, 1 through 6. And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any, neither great nor small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep, and David's two wives were taken captives. Ahinoam, the Jezreelite, this, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed. For the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Father God, thank you for the scripture we have this morning. Thank you for each one that's here this morning. We pray your blessing on all of our family here and the ones that couldn't make it. We ask, Lord, that you'd bless each one. Take us through this next week. Lord, please be with Larry as he delivers our message. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Russ. You can just lay the mic right there on that stand. Just lay it on the floor. It's fine. Just lay it down. That'd be fine. A man called David stood one day at Ziklag And the men all around him were hanging their heads at their feet lay in ashes what had been home in this grief what did David do he encouraged himself in the Lord he leaned upon God's proven Trials and heartaches come and you have nowhere to go. Then encourage yourself in the Lord. That's pretty good, isn't it? <laughs> and even in this modern times, this lesson still applies while the devil is tempting your soul just remember oh god's done to make your life worthwhile when you pray oh satan has to go so encourage yourself in the Trials and heartaches come and you have nowhere to 
Old David stood one day at Ziklag. Who's ever heard of Ziklag anyway, right? And the men all around him were up hanging their heads. Why? Because they had just been invaded by the Amalekites. You know those kites, all those ites, those, all of those Amorites, Amalekites, all the ites. They had a bad case of ites back in those days, and they would invade every once in a while and burn down your hometown and take away all your children and your wives. I couldn't help but notice that it said David had two wives here. What's he doing with two wives? Similarly, certainly one would be enough, wouldn't you think? You would think. <laughs> he must he needed a lot of instruction, apparently, to, to get him straight. So anyway, as he uh, comes back with his men, they've been off doing some kind of a wonderful uh, mission, you know. And David is in charge, and he has all these men. He has a wonderful, well, what would you say, success story. But he made a mistake. And he left his hometown unprotected. There was an attack. The Amalekites came. They burned down everything in the city. And they took all the women and all the children and, and took them alive as hostages and left. And so when the men of David and David himself returned, well, they found that this city was completely burned down. Their hometown was destroyed and all their families were gone. It was up to David to protect them and provide for their protection, but he failed. He failed. He made a big mistake. And it was so bad that the people, the men that were with him, their hearts were so grieved, they said, you know, this is David's fault. If it wasn't for his negligence, well, I wouldn't have lost my family. I wouldn't have lost my home. There could have been people here to protect against the invasion. But he failed. And they got so angry with him that they said, they even talked about killing him, stoning him to death. This is the quirkiness of life. Sometimes you're at the peak of success and suddenly you have this failure that comes about from your own lack of judgment, your own wisdom, your own whatever. But you mess up. When you mess up, the people around you are quick to notice and very hard on us usually when we do screw up things, especially if they feel like we're responsible. And in this case, David certainly was responsible. But it wasn't looking good for David. As a matter of fact, all of the people who supported him had turned against him. They were so angry with him that they were going to kill him. I would say that his success story as measured by the community or by the world turned out to be not a success story at all, but a story of miserable failure. Now, there is value in failure. There's value in failure, but it's hard to see. There's value in failure but it's difficult to see. This morning, my friend uh, Montana Slim, who uh, is a guy I know, actually his name is Gary Lawrence, but he goes by Montana Slim, because he lived in Montana and, is, and he's slim, so <laughs> Montana Slim. I met him at a tent revival back in Upland, Indiana back in 1968, no, 64. Yeah, summer of 64, which was before the Earth's crust had fully hardened, as you know. Dinosaurs still roam freely. But uh, Gary and Donna, a husband-wife team, they played guitar and used the upright uh, bass and sang kind of, a, kind of a country and western kind of stuff, more western than country. I guess that's where country and western. I know about country music. Western music is like, you know, cowboy Ellis or something like that. Gene Autry, I guess that would have been Western. But anyway, they sounded like Western singers and they wore cowboy hats and it was kind of cute. I met him that night and have became a, the start of a friendship that lasted for several years. And he is like still stays in touch. Every once in a while he sends a, a message. He suffered a, a debilitating stroke here about 15 years ago. 
but he still writes and he still tries to play his instrument. It's kind of an interesting human story how a man who had a passion was unable to continue in it but finds a way to still exercise that gift that has now been limited. But he, uh, he sent me a message earlier in the week and he said, hey, he said, I've, I've been invited to preach this coming Sunday. He said, I haven't done it for a long time. I'm kind of rusty. But uh, I do plan to sing that song that uh, you wrote called Encourage Yourself in the Lord. <laughs> How about that? So that song for him has become a source of encouragement and a joy and a, and a blessing in his life. And if for no one, no one else but for Montana Slim, my, my dear friend who suffered this debilitating stroke, if for no one else, then for him that the Lord used that song to encourage his heart. You know, it's, it's awful when you fail. It feels terrible when you fail. I wouldn't recommend failure to you. It's not something that's enjoyable. There's nothing, it's, it, it's, it's no fun, and it's, it's extremely difficult to endure. This week I was <coughs> here and working on some music, and my friend Jim from next door came over, and he, he had heard that <coughs> we were going to be uh, uh, moving out of this building and so forth. And He said, well, I came over just to see you. Now, Jim and I are... Are pretty good buddies. We're, we became friends one day when he was mowing and his mower was stuck in the mud out here. Brett knows about that. There's a little creek kind of out there. If it's been raining enough, you, get, you can get hung up out there. So we, uh, I saw him out there trying to get his mower out of the mud and his tires were just spinning. And I thought, well, I'll go out there and, and help him out. I had a board, I found a board back here and I took the pry board and we got him out of the mud. And we just became friends over the years. One day uh, here a while back, he, uh, he showed up at church. That was probably a couple of years ago. And just on Sunday morning here, Brother Jim walked in, Pastor Jim, Bishop Jim, Bishop Nave, I think is what they call him. And uh, that's fine. Uh, but I call him Jim. <laughs> and uh, anyway, he came in and he was standing back there in the back of the Well, Brother Jim has come for church today, which is kind of surprising, actually, because his boy is the pastor of the church next door, and Pastor Jim was the pastor over here for 17 years himself. And oh, Well, that'd be a friendly thing to do, but <clears throat> I found out that after a while he hemmed and hawed around, he finally said, uh, I said, well, Jim, are you here for church? He goes, no, he said, I just, I just came over to, to tell you that uh, I'm going to be preaching tonight at our church. And I thought, Wow, that's great, because he doesn't normally preach, you know, because his boy does all the preaching now. So I told him once, I said, if you ever are going to preach, I'd love to come hear you. So he came over to tell me, I guess. This was weeks, months later. So anyway, I, I said, okay, I'll be over there tonight. <clears throat> so I went over to the service that evening. It was right after Jeff had died. And uh, Brother Jim brought a message and I've told you about this before, about the fat cows and the skinny cows. It's a wonderful message. And uh, as he came the other day, I said to him, Jim, I'd love for you to come and bring that message here at Friends and Family some Sunday before we get out of here. And he goes, well, okay, I guess I could do that. And I said, now you can preach on whatever you want to preach about. But I would love it if you would preach that sermon on the fat cows and skinny cows. He goes, well, I'll think about it. I'll pray about it. You know, such a sweet man. But here's what happened. We were having that conversation the other day. He told me, Larry, I'm a failure. A failure. And I listened to him. I thought, well, that's a humble man talking right there. That's an authentic humble man and he told me the story he said my father-in-law started this church years ago back in the 50s and he was the pastor there and the church grew and they had a hundred or so people hundred a little over a hundred would come on Sunday and he had a terrible stroke debilitated stroke and he was disabled for nine months and laid in bed and finally died 
And during that time, the people of the church, they decided, well, would you be the preacher? And they asked me to be the pastor, so I took over as the pastor. So I started out, and 17 years later, the church had grown from 100 to about 35 or 40. And he said, so I'm a failure. I've just failed. And uh, he said, uh, I'm really no good at that. And he said, now my, so we called my son and he came back up from Texas and he has done a good job. They, they have over 200 for church now on a Sunday. So you can see that Brother Jim comparing his father-in-law's ministry and his son's ministry to his ministry, he just feels like a failure. He did say, the only consolation I have is I kind of kept the ship afloat until, you know, reinforcements came. <laughs> there were a few survivors that were able to hang on, you know, keep on keeping on. It made me feel empathy for him. I, and I told him, I said, I know how you feel. <laughs> Others have felt the same way. You know, but here's the thing, folks. Sometimes failure can be a good thing. Failure can teach you humility. It can bring you to a place in your life where you acknowledge that uh, without Christ, you are nothing. And uh, it's really not about you, but it's about him and his purposes in the world. I would say in many ways, all of us have had periods of failure in our life. And when you have failed, if you will think about your own situation, you may have hit rock bottom. And when you hit rock bottom, there's nowhere else to go. You're down as low as you can get. Failure is not an option because failure is all around you. You needn't worry about failure because it's already taken place. So here you are at rock bottom. So what do you do? This is the dilemma that David was facing. He was facing rejection by the people, the men he led. They were sorrowful. He himself had lost his family. His, his wives were gone. His children were all taken. His home, their, all their homes had been burned and destroyed. This was a huge failure. And they were grieving, so grievous situation that they even talked about killing him. They lost everything, but he lost everything, but now they're going to kill him. Well, that's even worse. You feel responsible because you're the one that's supposed to help bring success, and you feel worse than any of the rest of them because you feel like it was your responsibility and it didn't, and, and you failed. So in your life, think about the places you failed. And when you hit bottom, <clears throat> you, uh, you have a choice. You can make rock bottom your solid foundation. And that is the foundation from which you rebuild your life you realize then you have more determination than you thought you had, and you have more self-discipline than you thought you had. And you can begin to imagine. There are two things that uh, the author of uh, Harry Potter mentioned in her uh, speech to the graduates of uh, Harvard in 2008. One of them was the value of failure and the other was the value of imagination. Now in David's situation it would have been easy for him to simply looked at the circumstances and seen the failure. It was glaringly obvious. It was staring all of them in the face. Their hearts were crushed. Their emotions were at an all-time low. But David had the ability and the power of imagination. And in his mind, he was able to imagine that all was not lost. 
in spite of his failure, in spite of this low point, this rock bottom situation, he made that the foundation on which he built his hopes for the future. And he turned away from the jeering hatred of the men around him, from the detestable attitudes that they held toward him, from them blaming him for this problem and his, his own self-condemnation for his foolish oversight. And he did something truly amazing. He imagined that something good could come from this terrible thing. And the scripture says simply, that last verse that Russ read this morning, but, but, yes, a failure, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. The power of imagination with God's help is an amazingly powerful thing. If in all the world there is any creature who can imagine, it is only the human being. Animals don't imagine. Other creatures don't imagine. Only humans can imagine. We can actually imagine ourselves to be another person. We can actually empathize. That is, actually feel what other people feel that we've never known or met. Think about the people who are suffering today under the abuse of some tyrannical government, where they're being tortured, where they're being imprisoned, where they're being executed for resisting whatever it is the government is demanding and forcing upon them. To imagine their plight and to have sympathy for them is something that only humans can do. And as you look at the power of imagination, it sometimes becomes the very thing that motivates you to come out of your failure and out of your rock bottom and form a foundation from which you can build a, a prosperous, productive, useful future in your life and continue on to do the things that God would have you do, but you do it with a wholly new understanding of who you are and what it is that you're about. You know that by the measure of society, you are a failure. But that isn't going to stop you from imagining the beautiful and good things that can be done in spite of your momentary problems. He had the power of imagination, and he didn't enter into the grieving. He grieved, but he didn't stay there. He was disheartened, but he didn't stay there. He was broken. He, had, he was a failure, but he didn't stay there. He did not stay there. And what brought him out of his despair and out of the circumstances was his imagination in what God could do. You think the circumstances of your life are irretractable. They're not. You have a beautiful, bright future ahead. You say, but my life is all burned down and everything's in ashes. All of my dreams and hopes have been destroyed. My, my life is over. I'm, I'm just a failure. No. You are a human being made in the image of God, and God has given you the capacity to imagine he has given you the capacity to have faith in him and with him and with your imagination, which is God-given, you have a beautiful future. You have good things coming. Never despair. Just encourage yourself in the Lord. Now, it's important that we notice this. Encourage, David encouraged himself in the Lord. He didn't get encouragement from his brothers. He didn't get encouragement from those around him. He didn't get encouragement from the men who had followed him and who trusted him and who now despised him. There was no encouragement coming from any of them. It may be that you're not even able to find anyone who would encourage you. Maybe in the middle of your struggles right now, you look around and you think, well, who is there to encourage me? And you say, well, there are very few and far between. You know, somebody who would encourage. 
You don't have anybody. All right, let's say you don't have anybody. Nobody. That's one of your, one of your uh, feelings of failure. I don't even have any friends. Nobody even cares about me. Nobody's even here to help me. Nobody's here to lift me up. Nobody's here to encourage me. All right, let's say that's how bad it is. Is that <coughs> excuse me? <coughs> Does that mean that nothing can be done? Oh no, you know the answer already. You can encourage yourself. And I'm telling you, there are a lot of times when that's the only thing, the only one that there is that can really encourage you, and that's just you yourself. And if you depend on other people to encourage you, to be able to imagine the good that lies ahead for you, you may be waiting a long time because they really may not even know your struggle. They wouldn't be able to understand it, and if they knew your struggle, they might not even be in that all that encouraging in the first place. They might become critical and judgmental and say, well, good Lord. It might be hard on you rather than encouraging. You know, that extrinsic motivation, that whip that's supposed to whip you into shape. Well, that's no encouragement, to be frank. But a person who feels that there's no one to encourage and nobody cares and no one would ever be able to understand, guess what? You can encourage yourself. That's what David did. He's our model for this morning. You can encourage yourself. Say, I am going to imagine things better in my future. I'm going to believe in my heart that things will not always be so dire. I'm going to believe, and I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. I'm going to Encourage myself to remember that God loves me. He really does. And if nobody else understands me and nobody else gets it, he gets it. And he put me here and I'm going to continue here to stay here and fulfill the purpose for which he put me here. As, as long as every morning I wake up and I see another light of another day, I'm going to be encouraged. <coughs> well, if you read on in this story, what we discover is that David was the only one who was encouraged at the situation. And guess what happened? Because of his encouragement that he actually did himself with the Lord's help, he said, I have a plan. I know what we can do. Let's go get our families back. And so they chased after these Amalekites and they were able to successfully rescue every single one of their families, their wives and their children. So you see, things sometimes aren't as bad as they seem. <laughs> when everybody turns on you and you're ready to kill you, <laughs> sorry. You can encourage yourself in the Lord and people will say, how does she do that? How does she go on? I can't imagine how he continues on after all of that. Well, there's power in encouragement. There's power in failure. But there's great power and value in imagination, too. So what can you imagine today? And how can that imagination bring encouragement to you? David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And so can you. This is the word of God to us today. Thanks be to God for it. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful story from the Bible. How tragic things had occurred and circumstances had changed and everyone was just crushed and heartbroken in deep disappointment and grief and anger and resentment and blaming one another. But your servant David knew enough to know that in the midst of failure, there's value. There's value in failure because it drives us to our knees 
it drives us back to humility. It drives us back to dependence on you. He knew enough to know that when everything else collapsed, you were still there. And he turned to you. You're the great resource of his life. And he encouraged himself through the imagination of faith that something could be done, that better days were ahead. And he encouraged himself through that imagination of faith. And thank God, thank you, God, you helped him be the one who brought restoration to a very sad situation. It's a beautiful story, Lord. We thank you for having it in the Bible. And we know, too, that as was once said many years ago by a Roman scholar, a Roman wise man who lived in centuries past, the story is valuable, not because it's long, but because it's good. May our stories be good. May we always find ways to encourage ourselves in you. We pray this in your name. Amen. This uh, next song called I Quietly Turn to You. Um, this is a very, very special song to me. It means a lot to me and hits the very core of my being. And if, Lisa, could you bring my glasses up here? The, right there, yeah. Thank you. I can't see what I'm reading. Um, and it kind of goes along with the message. and. Um, I'm sure all of you probably have experienced what I've experienced, you know, failings and, and, and just your life is just shattered. And you're in the deepest pit of despair and you don't know where to turn. You're, you can't even reach God. You can't, you, and you're trying to reach out to others, but they're, they're not listening. I think Larry alluded to that in his message, you know, it's like, I don't know your struggle. I don't know. No one else could hear, you know. So, and, and we're filled with anguish, and and then finally, you know, uh, you just get to the point you're at the end of yourself, and you're just powerless, and you just God is all you have, and so you turn to Him because that's because that's a way of encouraging yourself in the Lord. So. I'm not led to a singer. I don't. I, I'd rather play my tuba <laughs> but I'll do the best I can with this. Um, if you just hear my heart, hear our hearts, um, and hear, listen to the lyrics and the words of the song. I hope this blesses all of you. I'm sure we've all experienced this. So.
good one? My mama said to me, when you become a man, you will be a singer in a worship band. <laughs> My mama used to say, when you become a man, you will be a singer in a worship band. And people will be coming for miles around to help you praise Jesus till the sun goes down. And now we are singing heaven's light. And mama, you were so right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. being here today. Hope you go encouraged in the Lord. Amen. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.